Tonight, if you have your Bible, open it up or have it handy. We'll look at a couple passages from the gospel accounts. But that passage that was read in 1 Peter chapter 4, the Apostle Peter talked to some Christians who had changed their ways, who had obeyed the gospel. And because of that change in their life, he said, no doubt you're going to have friends that think you're weird. What in the world's happened to you? You're not doing the things you used to do with us. What? What is this all about? And when you face that kind of pressure, listen, that, that tugs at us. When the people that we used to hang out with and we used to run around with, and, and when they do things that I no longer can do and I'm with them and the pressure, they're all doing it, and, and what do I do? Do I have the courage to stand up and, and be different and be counted and, and to say no to some things? And, well, to say yes to some other things, that's hard. We usually talk about peer pressure and we talk to kids, to young people, and we talk about how they at school have to face peer pressure. And peer pressure is not a youth issue. It is a people issue. Because it doesn't matter how old you are, you have peers that have the potential to draw you away from Christ to challenge your decision to be a disciple of Jesus. And so tonight I want us to look at Jesus and peer pressure. And this isn't for young people. This is for all of us that are here tonight. And I'll say this too, we get started. Do you remember a few years ago that breaks? I know that's kind of dated now, but everybody had WWJD on everything, on shoelaces, on bracelets and necklaces and everything. And that's a great sentiment, what would Jesus do? And if we would only govern our life and ask that question before we acted, we'd be a whole lot better off. But what most of the time happened is we saw, uh, you know, a discrepancy in a person wearing a bracelet and then the choices that they make in life. It, it became a, a trinket, a, a piece of jewelry, as opposed to a reminder to follow Jesus. But here's the problem that I had with some of that. I, I think it's a great thing to be reminded of what would Jesus do, and, and those who used it and used it for that purpose is wonderful. But the problem I have with a lot of people who have this, what, what would Jesus do, is they don't know Jesus. And so they, make, and they, they base their decisions on what Jesus would do by their whims. What would Jesus do? Have you heard people discussing here of late, would Jesus drive an SUV? Would he, would he drive a gas hog? I don't think Jesus would do that. Somebody else says, well, I think he would. I don't think he'd have a problem with that. And then people say, well, I don't think Jesus would get upset if I took a drink now and then. I don't think he'd get upset with that. Or I don't think Jesus would get upset. People begin to just attribute their belief system to Jesus without even really knowing what Jesus would do. That's, that's got the thing in reverse. We, we are declaring what we want Jesus to be. We're, we're creating our own Jesus if we approach it in that way. What I think is more effective is to know, if I want to know how did Jesus handle peer pressure, what would Jesus do? I think the key to answering that question is to ask this question. What did Jesus do? 
Instead of saying, what would Jesus do when I'm faced with this situation? What would he do? Ask yourself this, what did he do? Jesus came to this earth, John chapter 1 and verse 1. He took on flesh. He left heaven. He dwelt among us that we could behold his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 14, Jesus didn't come to earth and to become a man to figure out, oh, so this is what it's like to be human. You don't think the God of heaven already knew what it was like? You think God had to figure something out he didn't already know? The one who made us and all the intricacies of our... You don't think he already knew? Of course he knew. Jesus didn't become a man to figure out something, to learn something about us. He became a man so that we could learn something about him. I can now see... Oh, that's what God would do. Jesus was God in the flesh. And as I saw Him and as we look at Him and what's revealed in Scripture, I know exactly what God would do in various instances. Instead of sitting back and just theorizing about, oh, I think God would, or I don't think He'd like, or I think He would like, all I have to do now is look at God, flesh and blood, and see this is what God is like. This is what he did. This is how he acted in certain situations. And it helps me to know God better. Well, what would Jesus do? Well, let's look. What did he do? With respect to peer pressure, what did Jesus do? Under pressure, point number one, Jesus taught the truth. Under pressure, Jesus taught the truth. Turn in your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 19. I know you're familiar with the text, Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 10 or 1 through 12. There's this encounter that Jesus had with some scribes and Pharisees. The Pharisees came to Jesus and they came trying to test him. And they asked this question, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for just any reason? Now, they don't really want an answer. They're trying to trip Jesus up, or at least, at at the very least, get people to turn from following him. They think they probably have him in a pretty good dilemma, and you would think that maybe they were right. Uh, There were two prominent schools of thought that said that, well, yeah, you can, just for any any reason, something that you find, uh, you know, unseemly, you can put your wife away. And then there were others who thought, no, it has to be some kind of sexual immorality that would give you that right. And so they, they were debating that issue among themselves. Well, at least if you can press Jesus on this point, they're thinking he's going to lose half his falling. He's going to have some people get mad at him because of what he has to say. And even another factor that maybe entered their mind too, the last man that spoke out on marriage and divorce got his head served up on a platter. And so we've really got Jesus on this. Jesus, is it lawful for a man to put his way his wife for just any reason? Talk about a pressure-packed question. You know what Jesus did? He spoke the truth. He taught the truth. He said on this occasion, let me tell you, God created us, man and woman. He said that the two should be 
leave father and mother, cleave to each other, should become one flesh. He said it was never intended by God that there be divorce in the first place, but because of the hardness of your heart, it was permitted. But God never had that in mind. What His ideal is, is that you not depart. And then He went on to say that unless it be for fornication, if you divorce and remarry, you're committing adultery. That's pretty straightforward. And that was a hot topic then, and it's a hot topic today. But when I want to know about what Jesus would do under pressure, I see that He would teach the truth. Not only would He teach the truth, but He would speak the truth. Turn in your Bible to John chapter 18. There's an occasion here just as Jesus is about to be crucified. He's standing before Pilate. Again, talk about a pressure-packed situation. He's about to lose his life. Everything, life and death, hang in the balance here. And Pilate says to him, Are you a king then? Are you really a king? Jesus didn't dodge the question. He didn't try to put off. He didn't try to, to, to go around it so the pilot doesn't really know what he said. He was clear. He spoke the truth. He said, it is as you say. I am a king. And for this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pretty straightforward. He didn't dodge. He didn't try to, to, to speak a, a multiplicity of words that confuse him. And Pilate doesn't even know, well, what is your answer? I heard you speak for 20 minutes, but I don't know what you said. He's very plain. When under pressure, life and death situations, Jesus, he told the truth. And not only that, but in pressure situations, Jesus lived the truth. Again, turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. And in Matthew chapter 9, there's an occasion where Jesus went into the house of a tax collector, Matthew. And as Jesus came to his house, he sat at the table and there were many tax collectors and sinners who came and sat down with him, verse 10. And when the Pharisees saw it, They said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn this, what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus found himself on the opposite end of the religious elites. Here's here's what everybody said. You shouldn't eat with those kind of people. That was the religious establishment that said, you don't do that. And so when Jesus found himself in a position where he was at odds with the establishment, you know what he did? He lived the truth. He didn't back off. He didn't run away from the sinners. He didn't turn his back on them and go hang out with the Pharisees. He lived the truth. And he said, I came for these people. These are the ones that need me. And so when we ask, what would Jesus do with peer pressure? I have the answer because I know what he did. He taught the truth. 
He spoke the truth and he lived the truth. Now let's make application. What should I do when I find myself under peer pressure? Well, when my friends or when your friends ask you a tough Bible question, what should you do? You should do what Jesus did, and you should teach the truth. Have you ever had somebody come to you and say, listen, my, my mom and dad weren't baptized, but they were good folks. You, you're, are you going to tell me that you have to be baptized? Is that really what you believe? Now, not, my mom and dad weren't. Is that really what you believe? That's an uncomfortable situation to be in. There's a lot of pressure there to, to compromise, to not say the truth or to speak the truth, teach the truth. But what should we do? I know what Jesus did. He spoke the truth. And we need to do the same. What if somebody comes and says, you know, I've got friends and family and, and I know a lot of people that don't believe in Jesus. They're religious. They may be of some other world religion, you're saying that you guys are the only ones that are going to go to heaven? What do you do? You know how narrow that is? To say that only people who believe in Jesus are going to be saved? What about the millions of people who don't believe that Jesus was the Son of God but are good people and you wouldn't mind having as a neighbor? You're telling me they're lost? What, what do we do? What did Jesus do? He taught the truth. Now, there's never a time that it's right to be mean-spirited and, and have a sense of dogmatism about us that turns people off, but we should always, in love, speak the truth. When, uh, you know, the very issue that was asked of Jesus with reference to marriage and divorce, what did Jesus do? He taught the truth. I think I may have told you this, but when... We first got out of school. I was trying out of a place. I didn't have a job. I was getting married, and I didn't have a job. And we were just weeks away from being married, and I was desperate for a job, some place to preach. And we went to a, a place, and, and I went to the, the house, and in front of all these people, this man at the table after I had preached that morning, and he just said, uh, I've been married before and divorced, and fornication wasn't the cause, and so has my present wife. What do you think about that? I need a job. I'm getting married. What do I say? I'm getting married. What do I say? I said what I believe the truth is. I told him what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 9. I didn't get that job. I don't know that I wanted that job. But I have to speak the truth. I have to teach the truth. That's what Jesus did. What do you do when your friends ask you your opinion about some subject? What, what do you do? What if you're all together and you say, hey, let's, let's go to a movie. Well, what kind of movie is it? Oh, it's great. Let's go to this movie. Well, isn't there some nudity in that? I, I thought I heard that there was some stuff that was kind of objectionable. Ah, it's all right. Let's go, let's go to this movie. It's pretty cool. Oh, everybody's wanting to go, and I'm the only one that has any reservations, what do I do? They'll think I'm weird. They'll think I'm a stick in the mud if I don't go. You know what Jesus would have done? He would have spoke the truth. 
I don't think we ought to see that. You know, I've found that a lot of young people just need somebody to have the courage to say, I don't think that's appropriate. And if they'll do that, there'll be people to join in and, and actually be thankful that someone had the, the courage to take the lead because they were uncomfortable too, but they didn't have the strength, the moral fiber to, to go ahead and stand up. We need people to stand up and say, I don't, that, that's not what I, I need to be about. Some activity, maybe somebody comes and they have this, this new outfit they bought. It's immodest and they say, what do you think of this? And you don't want to hurt their feelings, but it's inappropriate. You speak the truth. When put under pressure, Jesus always told the truth. And that's what we need to do. And when put under pressure, when we find ourselves in a situation where the friends that we're around, maybe they avoid or make fun of or talk badly of someone else because they're a little bit different, what do we do when we find ourselves in that situation? Deep down we know it's not right and and we're a part of a crowd and they're making fun of other people and they're pointing out things that makes them different, and, and here we are in the middle of this. What, what do we do? I know what Jesus did. He lived the truth. And do I go along with that, or I, do, I, do I stand up to that and say, you know, this isn't right? Do, do you run from people that are different, or do you run to people who are different? I know what Jesus did. He embraced them. He had meals with them. He called them to Him because those are the people that He came for. And when we find people who are different, what what do we do with that? Do we cave to the pressure and we stand off at arm's distance and we we joke and we laugh and we point and and we make fun of and we, we keep our distance? Or do we go to those people and try to share with them the love of Christ. I know what Jesus did. And again, that's, that's what we should do. I hope that, um, you know, this, I went a little long this morning. This may be a little shorter tonight. But I, I want you to think about this idea of peer pressure and just ask yourself the question, well, what would Jesus do if he were in the situations that I find myself in on a daily basis? Well, folks, he was. He found himself under pressure with his peers, just like you find yourself under pressure with your peers. And oftentimes he was put in situations that were difficult and were costly. And when he was confronted with those situations, he always respected truth. And that's what we need to do. I don't need to have to guess and wonder what Jesus would do, what he would think, what he would say when it comes to this. I know what he did do. And so there's my answers. It's not always easy to stand up and be counted. It's not always easy to live like Jesus. It's not always easy to have that kind of commitment to truth. But that's what Jesus did. And as his disciple, one who's trying to become each day more and more like him, that's what I need to be committed to as well. If you're here this evening and you're not yet a child of God, why don't you obey the gospel? Why don't you make a decision this evening that I want to be a disciple of Jesus? I want to start molding my life 
into the image of Jesus, and that's an interesting challenge. That, that gives you purpose in life every day to try to make yourself look more and more like Jesus. If you haven't made that decision, why don't you make that tonight? If you're a child of God already and having made that decision, but you've, maybe you've failed and you want to start again, we'll pray with you to that end if you need to respond as we stand together and sing.